the most decimated position group on the entire roster for the University of Georgia is inside linebacker. Will there even be anyone left to play? We'll talk about that coming up on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel and with me uh, is not Clint, it is John uh, from over at John Tweet Sports on the Twitter machine. John, uh, longtime friend of the show. We lost yeah. your little name thing on the bottom. We had to go with like just the generic background here on YouTube because somehow, I don't know, the season ended and things fell you know, apart. And we, you know, we... We won a national championship. All things were destroyed, including the wheels. Uh, fell up. Yeah, <laughs> the Chiron right. looting, the Chiron property. Yeah. Property was destroyed, not just in Indianapolis, but also here on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. <laughs> Glad you're joining us. Thanks for being here. Uh, Clint's a little under the weather, so John's stepping in. Um, we got tons to talk about here. Thanks for listening on audio, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Follow us on whatever podcast listening app of your choice is and leave us a rating and review on there that helps the show out a bunch or check us out on youtube um lockdown bulldogs podcast part of locked on atlanta the lockdown podcast network thanks for uh check us out over there subscribe thumbs up um leave us a comment all those things uh john uh you were there in indianapolis i just every time i talk to you i'm just gonna bring up indianapolis because you know uh, we were there you were there, you were there. i was there i was I was sitting a few seats down from you, Daniel. Yeah, uh, we were just we were just embracing and weeping we together at the end we of the were. game. It was, it was a fantastic moment. Um, so we saw that team last year, and as I teased in the open, I think a lot of the focus of the attrition from the national championship winning team is on the defensive front. Because you lose the number one pick in the NFL draft, um, Trayvon Walker. You lose just absolute four-year anchors for the Georgia Bulldogs like Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis. Guys that um, have truly cemented their names as two of the great all-time greats at the, at the defensive line position for Georgia. So that's where a lot of the focus goes. But, but as we talked about, Clint and I, when we talked about the defensive line, you probably return the best overall player on Georgia's team to that defensive front in Jalen Carter. And so yes. it's not necessarily that big of a drop-off. Now, when you talk about the inside linebacker position, though, John, mm -hmm. um, you lose everybody. Everyone yes. who did anything last year <laughs> yes. is, is gone. 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 So let's let's talk about that last year's group obviously anchored by um, the three draft picks, N'Kobe Dean, Quay Walker, and Channing Tindall. What did you see out of them? What did they provide um, for the national championship team? Uh, what is Georgia losing in those three guys? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's hard to overstate um, <clears throat> what Georgia is losing in those three guys. 
in particular, Nicobe Dean and Quay Walker. Um, Nicobe Dean played over 500 snaps in 2020. So when you look at you know what you're losing from an experience standpoint, coming into last year, you had uh, two guys um, in uh, Nicobe Dean and Quay Walker that had had you know um, decent playing time. So uh, Quay Walker played almost 350 snaps in 2020. And so if you look at that, those guys, just the amount of time they had spent on the field, not, not even counting that they were three and four years into the program. Um, And you throw Channing Tindall in there, who's just an absolute uh, athlete, but also had four years in the program. Um, You are going from, uh, some guys who played meaningful experience, meaningful snaps, and guys who um, had rare athleticism at the inside linebacker position, yeah. with, with Channing Tindall in particular. Um, it's a big hole to fill. There was a lot of experience on that team, and Georgia, you know, that inside linebacker position has been um, an anchor for that defense the last few years, where you have had guys that have uh, coming into the year have played a significant amount of snaps the previous year. So uh, you're losing experience. You're losing athleticism. When the Kobe Dean, you're losing the quarterback of the defense. You were losing the guy who was getting in the other guy's faces, pointing, telling, calling plays before they were, uh, before, you know, as soon as the first person went in motion, the Kobe Dean knew what the play was going to be. And so it is hard to overstate um, how much experience you're losing uh, from that group. Yeah, I think the 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 big thing, and we'll, we'll kind of get into this, you, you, but you touched on it as we get into the guys mm-hmm. that will be playing inside linebacker in, in the next couple segments. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you think back to the Kirby Smart era. Mm-hmm. This is the first time. 2022 will be the first time in the Kirby Smart era mm-hmm. that Georgia has not returned an incredibly experienced inside linebacker. Absolutely. You go all the, way, all the way back to Roquan and then mm-hmm. Monty Rice and then Nicobe Dean. Just yep. it was just one after the other just, after the other. And yeah, for, for guys, some, per, yeah, for ahead. some perspective, you're going on until this year, the last uh, three years, maybe four years, I know guaranteed three years. You had an inside linebacker, an inside linebacker returning to Georgia who had played more than 500 snaps the previous year. Yeah, it's just yeah. you can't yeah. quantify that experience. Mm-hmm. Now, I know N'Kobe Dean and Roquan Smith probably in another stratosphere in terms of football player than Amante Rice is in terms of their athleticism and their overall ability. Yeah. But you saw that Monty Rice was able to stabilize and anchor the defense in the middle because he had experience, because he knew where to be, because he knew where other guys needed to be, because he knew how to get guys lined up. And, and he was a sure tackler and knew what SEC football was all about. You got guys coming back that are we're going to talk about them, that are very talented. Yeah. But there's no there's no hiding in experience, and it's going to show itself this year because Georgia just just doesn't have it the way that they have had it. All right, if we're going to grade last year's unit, hmm. now we're grading this on a scale of one to ninety nine as if they're a player in Madden, so you can't be a hundred. <laughs> Okay. Even though I gave last year's defensive line a 100. On a scale of 1 to 99, last year's defensive line is a 100. I dare someone so, to give them less I, than 100. <laughs> someone in the comments section I, came out and talked about just come on. I, just yeah. be serious. Where what are you putting last year's inside linebacker group at, John? 
Yeah, I think for me, that inside linebacker group is <clears throat> is pushing uh, 100, but I will stop short of that and say I gave last year's inside linebacker group, um, I would probably say somewhere around, let's say, a 92, a 93, definitely an A group. Um, wow. I, uh, I think for me, um, as the season went on, that group got significantly better. If you look at, yes. if you're talking about the, the, let's talk about the last quarter of the season, that group is a hundred. Um, and I yep. think, um, and, and that's what I love about the maturation of that group. If you're talking about just Nicobe Dean, I think it's 110. Um, but, mm. <laughs> but, the, yeah. but, uh, you know, I would say, you know, mid, mid nineties is where mm. I would land for that group. Um, it's hard it's hard to poke holes in what that team did. If there was anything, I would say early in the season, they had some challenges when they had some mismatches in coverage. And I think um, that's SEC football. Like I think, you know, yeah. uh, but by the time you got to the Florida game, um, that those, those were no challenges no more. I, I, yeah. Listen, that's a tough grade because I want to give them anything less than a 99. Yeah, but then I remember the national championship game. Yes, and yes, and look, you said the last, you know, half of the season, last quarter of the season. I just take you to the last game of the season. That group's 150 in that game, like on a scale of one to 99. That that group dominated that national championship game, um, particularly on the pressure that they were able to put on Bryce Young, some of the chase down plays that they were able to make, some of the sideline to sideline stuff that they were able to do. But you look at all year, the way they were able to mitigate the run, the way, the way they were able to make tackles, the way that they were able to get pressure on the quarterback. You go all the way back to the first game of the year in Clemson, you know, DJ Uangale, pressure right up the middle from N'Kobe Dean the whole game. I mean, Yes, you you just love to see what this that that group can do. So I I go ninety nine. I think it's the second best unit love on it. the team last year, and um, I don't think there's much wrong that you can find with them as a trio. So as a trio. we're going to talk as we're going to talk about what Georgia returns, which is not a lot of experience, but they do return. They do have a lot of players at inside linebacker. And so we're going to talk about those guys and talk about what grade we might give them coming up. But first, I want to let you know about Built Bar. You know by now it's the tastiest protein bar on planet Earth. It is Clinton and I's go-to choice. And right now, the newest flavor, the the birthday cake puff. John, it's just marshmallow wrapped in chocolate with sprinkles right inside of it. Tastes like you're eating a birthday cake with chocolate icing on top. Some of the built bars have a little bit of a crunch to them. Some of them are a little bit more chewy. These are the marshmallow kind, and so they're just almost melt in your mouth. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. What can go? What like what? What else do, more do you need to know about them? They taste delicious. They're yeah. high in protein, low in sugar. They're keto approved. They're high in fiber. They're great for whatever diet meal plan. Pre-workout, post-workout, uh, two o'clock lull at the office, on the way to drop off the kids at soccer practice, wherever you need them, Built Bar is there. Go to builtbar.com right now. Enter the promo code Locked On Fifteen. You get fifteen percent off your first order. So you order those birthday cake puffs. You order five other flavors: one box, two boxes, ten boxes, whatever you want. Fifteen percent off when you enter the promo code Locked On Fifteen 
at BuiltBar.com, the tastiest protein bar on planet Earth. All right, John. So we talked about last year's inside linebackers. Now let's move on to this coming year. Uh, There's not returning experience, as we've said, but there are a lot of guys. And I would say the conversation probably starts with Dumas Johnson probably is the guy that you got to look at because he does have the most experience of all of the inside linebackers. What do you like? What do you see out of him? Well, I mean, I think he's built in the mold of a Roquan Smith, Monty Rice, N'Kobe Dean. If you look at him uh, physically, athletically, the way he plays, he plays that um, Buckus award-winning uh, linebacker Ooh. that Georgia uh, has has you know found a way to create <clears throat> um, over the last few years. Um, I think he you know he he is an an absolute beast in. Uh, stopping the run and filling filling the gap, playing sound football. Um, I think he also, you know, has is very good laterally. And I think for a middle linebacker to be able to be physical downhill, to be able to be fast laterally, to be able to get out in coverage. I mean, he he has all that you want. Um, I think you know he's uh, he he's a big guy. I think that the, the <clears throat> that when I look at JDJ, I think he you know he's built in that mold. You you look at him mm. and you see. Um, a little bit taller than Kobe Dean, uh, a little yeah. bit, you know, uh, uh, maybe more physical than um, you've seen some of the linebackers play, which is hard to believe. But he, yeah, he's a thumper. He is a thumper. Dude, he will hit you. He's got some beef to him. He's got he has he got does. some some thickness in his build. Um, and so you, you know, you look at him and you think there's no way this guy's got the yeah. sideline to sideline speed and- that some of the inside linebackers of Georgia's past have had, mm-hmm. but he does have pretty, yes. pretty, pretty great speed pretty to, great. to credit his athleticism. Yeah. And the other thing that, you know, I will say about him too, is that he had probably from, at least from the reports that you read around spring practice, what you saw at G day, what you saw at some of the scrimmages, um, he had probably the best spring maybe of any player at any position in terms of, Um, Him stepping into the role and looking like, acting like, feeling like um, uh, that starter at Georgia at the position. Um, He he certainly was the guy of all the new guys, the non-returning starters. He was the guy that had the best spring. Yeah, and you get the feeling this is a guy that he knows it's his time. He knows that this is his team and this is his time. uh, And he is he is seemingly seizing that moment and that experience does help and he's been in the system he's been around Kirby and uh coach you and all the guys you know that, that are running the defense um and so he knows he knows the ins and outs of the mm-hmm. position so we expect him to be out there uh a lot against Oregon we don't need to get into starters or whatever but we expect to yeah. see a lot yeah. of him against Oregon yeah. if you had to go with uh, the second most likely guy yeah. that we're going to see against Oregon. And we'll get to maybe in the third segment, we'll get to a lot of other guys because there's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of guys, I think, that mm-hmm. play. So we, we'll have time to get to all the yep. other guys. Yep. But if you want to go with a number two guy, yeah, who, who are you going with? 
Yeah, for me, I think uh, as things stand today in May, I think you have to go with Tresman Marshall, assuming that he's healthy. Um, He's a guy, he's class of 2019. He's a guy that's been in the system for three years. Um, He's played, he hasn't played many snaps um, every year, but he has been on the field, you know, uh, here and there every year that he's been at Georgia. Um, I think he's another guy that's, he's 6'1", he's 235, he can move laterally, he he can hit you. Um, but I think from just a schematic standpoint, I think from what I know about how Kirby runs the defense, he's an athletically gifted guy. He's been in the system long enough. Um, he feels to me a little bit like a Channing Tindall where he's been here for a while, and now he's in a situation where you kind of get forced into um, into playing and uh, and I think he's going to be the one that will get the first call to be the the Quay Walker to the Nicobe Dean of yeah. you know the JDJ uh, plus one club at middle linebacker. He, he's my pick too. I, yeah, I honestly think if I had to choose one guy that is going to be the most likely to quote unquote explode onto the scene at Georgia, yeah. it's going to be Tresman Marshall. I I think he's going to be that household name. The, for yep. Georgia fans by by the middle of the season yep. that right now if you pulled if you pulled the 93,000 people that are going to be at the home opener yeah. and ask them to tell you something about Tresman Marshall I'm not sure half of them would know <laughs> no, anything about no. Tresman Marshall just no. call it what it no. is no. Let's call it what it is. Easy. But I think by the middle of the season, that's going to be a totally different thing. Yep. I think you're yep. going to say you, that's, yep. this is going to be a guy who whose name is going to be on the mouths of all Georgia fans. Uh, so I, I like this kid. Yeah, yeah. He was a he was a top ten. Um, I, I think he was seven or eight in the nation inside linebackers coming out of um, high school at that position. Uh, he was a top ten recruit class of 2019 from Clinch County. Uh, homegrown guy, and I think I think you're right. I think people um, don't know who Tresman Marshall is. I think that'll change very quickly as you get you know a few games into the season. All right, so we're going to talk about a bunch of other guys in the last yeah. segment, but before we get there, let's let's project out a grade because we're going to talk about what do we expect in terms of production, what do we mm-hmm. expect in terms of rotation, who might contribute, who's an under the radar guy, all that stuff in the third segment. But let's just skip to the end and say, what's the grade? If last year's group you gave him a ninety-two, which my goodness gracious, I, I can't even, I, I can't, I can't even take your your class. I'm a hard listen. I'm a hard listen. I'm a hard. I'm I'm. I don't grade on a. I don't. I don't grade it's, with uh with my heart with kindness <laughs> with yeah. Uh, I gave him a ninety-nine. So, but where do we project this year's inside linebackers? I mean, I think it'll it'll be a step down, but how much of a step down is the question? Is this going to be a solid unit? Is this going to be a liability on the team? Where are you putting them one to ninety nine? Yeah, I, I think um, Glenn Schumann and Kirby Smart has proven that linebacker at Georgia will not be a liability, and so until I am proven, uh, until I am shown otherwise. <laughs> I am going to tell you that linebacker is not going to be a liability strength. at the University they of Georgia. Strength. It is absolutely going to be a strength. So if I'm projecting, you know, and uh, and we'll go with your 99 instead of my 92. Um, okay. We'll grade on the <laughs> on, the, on the actual on the, on the Monroe curve. On the Monroe yeah, curve. 
Um, I think from a 99 last year, I think this team will be in, will be in the, if I'm predicting they'll be in the low to mid nineties, I think you're going to, I think by the end of the season, this is going to be an a plus, uh, kind of linebacking core at Georgia. Mm. Um, because I just, I, I can't look at the results that Georgia has had as a unit and, uh, and look at the guys, the athleticism they have. Look at the 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 um, complementary styles that they've recruited at the position, um, and actually say uh, they're going to be less than you know than than an A squad. Yeah. Um, and so, do I think they will be as good as this year's squad? Um, no, but I I don't. But also, I don't know that. I'll say this, I don't know that they have to be. And we can talk about that as we talk about the players they're going to play. But yeah. I don't think they have to be that all-world linebacking group. Um, I think they have to play solid football, fundamental football, um, you know, move laterally, get the get the team in position. Because I think the defensive line is going to be good enough that those gaps are going to be open. They're, Jalen Carter is going to take up enough space that JDJ – that Tresman Marshall, that some of these other guys are just going to have to run and make plays, and I think they're going to be able to do that. Yeah, that's right. I agree with you. I'm going to put them at a 91, and and I'm basing that on two things. Mm-hmm. I'm basing it on talent because there's some talented guys. Now, you talked about Tresman Marshall, where where he has been ranked, you know, coming out of high school – we talked about JJ, but but some of these guys we're going to talk about in the next segment. You know, you really start to get into. Georgia's got some elite talent at linebacker, and that's that's not unique to linebacker. That is across every position, uh, uh, you know, on the roster. Yes. Yep. But there's some there's some elite talent there. But then the second factor that you base that grade on, because you obviously haven't seen it on the field. But you got talent, and then you got coaching. You like you said it. You have elite coaching, and that you have seen on the field. You have seen it. It is as proven as anything in college football. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Anything in college football, it's as is. Is it proven that Lincoln Riley can coach quarterbacks? Well, it was until uh, last year. I'm not so sure that we can really say that, but. Kirby Smart ain't uh, never trotted out some average linebacking group out there. A, a Lincoln Riley ever. A Lincoln Riley quarterback ended up at South Carolina. Okay, so let's just talk about the savior of the program. That's the savior South of the Carolina, the um, place where but, he has to beat out a 32 year old grad George, student to to win George, the job. That's Georgia Georgia has never had a linebacker. That was a five-star quality <laughs> linebacker ending up at someplace like South Carolina. Um, it's, it's tough. It's tough. They, yeah, so talent and coaching, I give them a 91. Uh, all right, so let's talk about expectations. What do we expect from the team? Uh, John and I will be right back to tell you all about that in just a second. All right, John. So – what do we expect from this year's unit? We talked about the guys that we say, I mean, presume starters, whatever. I don't know. I don't want to quibble over that. But the guys that we expect to be getting a lot of snaps, all right? Um, Marshall and, and Dumas Johnson. So what do we think about the rest of this field now 
who are the names Georgia fans need to be keeping an eye on and what do we really expect out of those names? Um, well, I'll, I'll give you one. I would love to hear your yeah. thoughts on this too. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of them, right? Um, I think there for me, lot. I am, I am interested to see, um, Ryan Davis is a guy who is yeah. an incredibly talented guy that was hurt last year. He actually, injuries. you know, injuries, yeah, injuries. Yeah. He's just been, he's just been plagued by that. Um, if he can stay healthy, I think that's a guy that can absolutely contribute in a meaningful way to this team. Um, he, you know, he's, he's a guy that was uh, just kind of, you know, really, really highly evaluated coming out of uh, coming out mm -hmm. of high school. Um, but he was one that I want to mention. We can talk about, you know, these guys. I think Xavier Sori is another one. Like Xavier Sori is a guy that can play inside or outside. Um, he's a guy that um, is uh, an absolute, you know, some some rankings, depending on the recruiting sites you look at, had him as the number one to the number two linebacker in the nation in the class of 2021. Um, I think this, this is a kid that um, from all that I have heard is not only physically gifted, talented linebacker, but he is um, also has leadership skills. He has a guy, he's a guy that can actually, you know, um, can jump mm. in and, and make an impact early on. Those are two, uh, assuming if Ryan Davis can, you know, can, can get recuperated and get healthy. I think those, those are two guys that I'm really excited to see uh, complement this, this squad. I think, you know, they're always going to be grouped together because yeah. they came in the same class. They yeah. were, according to some you know, sort of some places, you know, the number one, number two linebackers in the yeah. class of 2021. I'm curious as to between Smile Monon and Xavier yeah. Sori, yeah. who makes more tackles next year for the University yeah. of Georgia? I'll just pose <laughs> yeah. that question to you because I think both of those guys are immensely talented. And Monda yeah. got the playing time last he year. Did. He, he got a much more – he got a much bigger lion's share of the playing time, not just on special teams, but mm. in terms of actual gameplay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Xavier yeah. Story got some action, but he got little enough action that he was able to take the red shirt. Uh, so, yeah. so fewer than four games. Um, yeah. And so does that translate into this coming season, or do we see Story maybe take a little bit of a jump? Uh, but I think you see both those guys contribute. Oh, I'd be I, curious as to see which so one contributes more. Yeah, I think Small Mondin is probably going to be is going to contribute more. If you look at if you look at last year, I mean, he played in eleven games. Um, he played, you know, um, uh, I think he was one of the guys that played over a hundred snaps. Like he was right there with uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson. Um, uh, had a lot of playing time uh, as a true freshman, and so I think mm -hmm. yes, I th I think if you're look, talking about who's going to contribute, I, I guess for me the question is it's there's a who's going to contribute and who are you excited to see what happens yeah for me like ryan davis and Xavier sorry are the two that yeah. i'm excited to see can these guys you know where do these guys end up this year what do they look like if you're looking at you know for uh contributions guys that are going to be in that group that are immigrated i think small mundan uh is the you know uh i hate to to i'm not comparing these two as a player but small mundan feels like the channing tindall of this year's team, the guy mm -hmm. that is going to come in, that's going to play, you know, a lot of snaps is going to play in particular um, down a distance. That's going to be, you know, a linebacker that will push for maybe more playing time than that, but is going to be a regular in the rotation um, when, when we're um, mixing up fronts and, and trying to do different things for the offense. Yeah. Another guy I'll throw out there um, 
you talk about regular in the rotation, and we talked about him when we talked about edge players yeah. because mm-hmm. I think you're going to see him play a lot of different positions. But um, Chaz Chambliss is going to play a lot of football for the University Man. of Georgia this year. He's going to play a lot of football. Like, yeah, he is. He is. He reeks of a guy that just you can't keep him off the field. Nope. I think that's who – like because of his physicality, because of his toughness, because of the the – I don't want to. I don't want to maybe use the word reckless abandon that he plays with, but th- this is a guy that his hair is on fire every each and every play that he's out there, and yep. you know that Kirby loves for people to be in the right spot and to know what they're doing, yes. but he also loves that attitude and well, effort that I think Chaz brings. Well, I think I'm the. This isn't a quarterback show. But I will well, say let's this. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> people in the comments, let's just okay. tell come on, just come on. And I think what I think what Kirby Smart, what Kirby Smart loves about a guy like Stetson Bennett, is what you get with Chaz Chambliss on the other side in terms of a guy that you know has a little bit of that no fear, that kind of like, you know, with Stetson Bennett, I think it's the, it's the gunslinger mentality. I think with Chaz Chambliss, it's that you said it, the reckless abandon. Like, I think you see players get out on the field um, that have to know what they're doing, that have to be able to make plays, that have to understand scheme and all of those things. But sometimes, and I'm not saying this is what happened with Stetson Bennett, but sometimes you have players that have the slight edge compared to somebody that may be a little more talented than them because Mm. of their mentality. Um, And Kirby has proven that he will put guys out there, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball um, that, that do, you know, that, that play with their, with their hair on fire for sure. Yeah. Uh, One last thing before we jump out of here. Who is the freshman most likely to contribute at inside linebacker, and why is it C.J. Washington? Ooh, C.J. Washington is my guy, man. Um, C.J. Washington. Um, so, somebody described C.J. Washington as being what um, Nick Chubb would have been if Nick Chubb played linebacker, and I think he went to Cedartown High School, so that like you know correlation. It helps. But that, it helps. That like yeah, but that opened my mind to. <laughs> A new way of looking at C.J. Washington. Um, yeah, I mean, you line him up in the backfield. I'd feel great like, about it. I'm oh, just telling absolutely. you right now, put C.J. Washington in the backfield behind Stetson Bennett. I feel great. I'm happy. Absolutely. I mean, that guy is uh, – he's fast. He's physical. Um, he can play inside, outside. Um, he – you know, it, it's funny because you mentioned, like, line him up in the backfield. I think in high school, I think he averaged, like, Nine yards a carry, like he, he was, he was back there running freak. back, like all over. He was a freak, so, yeah. So he's, yeah, he, he, he is. Uh, if people are trying to picture CJ Washington, uh, he's a guy. If mm-hmm. Nick Chubb were a linebacker, um, mm-hmm. playing linebacker, that's what CJ Washington is, uh, which I'm excited, yeah. Um, it, it's not a terrible picture to to no. go for. I, I don't know that we'll see anything out of any of the true freshmen, uh, because you're just not going to rotate six seven guys you're just not at this position and we've already named quite a few yeah yeah especially when you're looking at the guys that are that are starting are guys who have been in the program for two or three years but they're not um incredibly experienced which means that next level down is no experience um and not only no experience but also new in the program and uh we all know you know uh, Kirby can develop true freshmen much better than some other programs um, and can develop, you know, uh, that next 
that that two that two level down better than other programs, especially when it matters. Um, but uh, but he does he does have the tendency on defense to uh, to stick with the experienced guys at linebacker and not be throwing in you know true freshmen uh, in in those moments. So I wonder if that's why his defenses are always very good. That seems like maybe those two things could be related. I was unaware that Kirby did any development. I was pretty sure that he was a recruit only type of guy, not yeah. an elite coach. Can't really, yeah. can't really do well, it. He, I mean, he's not well, it, elite like some of the other coaches that have been ranked ahead of him in some of these, in some of these was, things that have come listen, out. It, the, 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 the challenge was Kirby was very good at bags under the table and now the NIL mm. is here. Oh, you know, yeah. It's like the recruiting's going to slow down. Yeah. The development's going to slow down. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's a good. Yeah, no, we, we've already we've seen it slow down. <laughs> we have really seen it, and so uh, pray for us because we are we are struggling over here in Athens. The University of Georgia is on a spiral down the toilet. Um, meanwhile, Billy Napier really running a ship at Florida. He's got things headed in the right direction. You know he's gonna that. Parlay. He's going to parlay that one Sun Belt title into an SEC East third place finish this year, and for, that's going to be a step in the right. For the Florida fans who are listening in the 32nd minute of the podcast, because I know you're here, <laughs> Billy Napier, uh, he hasn't even coached a single game, and his beat writers are already talking about how disappointing the 2023 class is so far. <laughs> um, so that's how things are going in Gainesville. Um, guy well, hasn't he even took a page out of that. He took a page out of that Dan Mullen recruiting book, and so you, you know, like it's not time to recruit right now. It's spring practice, we're working on things. All right, John, appreciate you jumping on. Uh, enjoyed it as always. Go follow John at John Tweet Sports over on Twitter if you don't already. You probably do. Um, uh, we'll have him back on the show sometime soon. John, great to talk to you as always. We'll see you guys later. See ya.